first question we ask everybody was for you. Who was the first pitcher to bust your ass? Oh. We ain't never asked that Ooh. question, by the way, on the show. The first, wow. Um, and we taking I, them back. Yeah. I'm older than y'all, man. So <laughs> just going back. I think, man, facing, I faced Randy Johnson earlier in my career. She the, had the big old school unit. guys. Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens. Mm. I mean, these are guys that were intimidating. We were talking about this a little earlier, but, you know, the game's a little different now. But back then, you know, you play in all-star games and pitchers wouldn't speak to you. Mm. They wanted the nothing to do with you. Yeah. And Rocket especially, he would try to intimidate you. You know, he wouldn't look at you. He wouldn't say hello. And he's a big boy, you know. So, so this remind me like Major League, like how it really was yeah, like well, the little yeah, different I'll give, I'll nuances you, of between people. I'm gonna give you a funny story with Roger Clemens. Now, Rocket would he would hit you <laughs> with no hesitation. He would hit you, and everybody say, "Well, just charge the mound." Now, yeah. Rocket's about six five, about two fifty, like a monster on yeah, that hill. So it's not so easy <laughs> to charge the mound. And then, plus in baseball, if you charge the mound, you got a pitcher. Four infielders, a catcher, all on top of you before you even teammates show up. Yeah. So it's, okay, it's a little bit different. I never really thought about the whole the dynamic of it because I just thought if I get hit, I'm going crazy. Yeah, that's that's why think. I didn't play baseball growing up. I, I tried to play like, and as soon as I got hit by the ball, I say, yeah, I'm cool. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not. Nah, I'm I'm tough. I'm not that type of tough. I'm gonna go play basketball. So right, we we facing Roger Clemens in a spring training game. This is a spring training game. So this is like exhibition. Uh, yeah, basically. this doesn't it doesn't count, right? So our pitcher hit. Uh, did Blue Jays shortstop hit him in the shoulder, I think, in a spring training game now. And I'm coming up leading off the next inning. I know. I know, <laughs> know he's coming. coming. <laughs> he hit me square in my chest. Ooh. So in a wait, spring training game. So tell me this. Like, okay, so when uh, when your guy hit him, you knew then, I like, I'm coming. about to get hit. Yeah, you, I'm you, leading you. off and you know how this go. Like, so what is, like, how, like how is that the rule. dynamic? How was that the that's, dynamic? That, that's, that was the dynamic. Not anymore. Yeah. That was a dynamic. Nowadays, people get hit. It's the end of the world. But it was a dynamic. And that yeah. was just like an unwritten rule. That yeah, everybody you knew it was coming. Yeah, you, you knew, knew it was, was coming. Happening. You get hit, you go to first base, you know? Wow. Yo, yo, yo. We finally back live on location in person for real. Y'all see him. I could touch him. I could touch him. We ain't on no screens. It's live on location, man. We down here in Miami, Florida at the Marlins yeah, Stadium with the El Capitan, the boss man. We got Derek G in the crib, man. Y'all already know the resume. Five-time World Series winner, 14-time All-Star, five-time Golden Glove shortstop. You know what I'm talking about? Rookie of the year, you feel me? Hall of Famer, and he the boss of the Players Tribune. All Star so MVP too, right here. All Star MVPs, everything, man. Y'all tune in. It's live in living color, man. We here, live on location. The man in them, Cheetah. Yep. First, I got to apologize to my Cardinals fans. You know, I'm sorry. You we know, don't but care it's about Jeter. the Cardinals. You know, it's, it's Jeter. You know, I'm a diehard Cardinal. Red Bird. fans won't get mad at you, though. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get mad at you. They don't boo anybody. See? Uh. My Cubs and White Sox boo. <laughs> <laughs> we boo. But thank you for uh, coming on the show, man. We really, really appreciate it. About time uh, you invited me. Yeah. <laughs> we really, really, happy time in the building. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, man. We this is a blessing for us, and uh, we we just happy to be here. 
It's only right. The first baseball player we ever talked to had to be the man, the myth, the legend. You know that, I'm right? I'm the first. You discriminate you know against baseball players. Huh? No, no, no. We just, you know, we had to, if we was going to do it, we felt we had to have the right connectivity in the right lane and the right avenue. And who better? Who better? Appreciate you know what I'm saying? I appreciate and it. our Jordan brand brother. You know? Hey, we're going to touch on that. Believe that. So Michigan and Jersey, back and forth every year. Who's the uh, who's the guys you seen when you came up? It was like, man, I want to be like that guy. I want to hit or catch, or you know what I'm saying, or play the field like that guy. I don't know if it's. I was a Yankee fan. Okay, mm. you know my um, mother has 13 brothers and sisters, so wow. I used to spend every summer in New Jersey at my grandparents' house. My grandmother's old a school right huge there. Yankee fan, so I used to stay up with her. Mm-hmm. That's how I was introduced to the Yankees, and my mm-hmm. dad was a shortstop. He went to uh, Fisk University in Tennessee, so. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be my dad, so I wanted to be shortstop for the Yankees. So um, I just looked up to the Yankees, man. Dave Winfield was my guy. Okay. He's an outfielder, but yeah, Dave yeah. was my guy drafted in all three sports. Yeah. Still That's to this crazy. day, only person we drafted person. in all three sports. That's yeah. crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Dave I knew was that. the guy yeah. I looked up to. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, he was crazy. <laughs> now that's wild. So, um, in high school, they say you was throwing like 91 miles per hour to the first baseman from short. How did you not pick? How did you <laughs> how you get up to that? Like how you get up to just throwing it that hard and they not putting you at pitcher? Yeah, I try I wanted to hit. Oh, you know, I never to wanted to be a pitcher. I mm. wanted to hit. I wanted to play every day. So um I mean I used to throw it hard, but I threw it all over the place. Uh-huh. You know, so I wasn't it wasn't too accurate with that ninety one across the field. But um I just like to hit, and I, you know, cool pitcher. Thing. You want to crack it yeah, out the park? Yeah, I mean, the, the pitchers, you know, you play once every five days. Yeah. Well, you basketball players too, Amy. Y'all yeah. don't play every day. I mean, we play every single day. Yeah. It's 162 games plus 30 in spring training. That's before it even counts when yeah. you get in the postseason. We play a lot of games. I, I definitely feel that. You play AAU basketball. I did. <laughs> I did. Why you laugh, man? You know, there's these nasty rumors going around with Jalen Rose. Yeah. Jay Rose a fool me. now. Now that's my big OG. You know and, you and a fool, Jay Rose. I know you probably talk yeah. bad about so him. I, well, yeah. We heard you ran into Chris Webber and Jalen Rose doing your your AAU stunt. Yeah, you know, every once in a while you need to just sit down and realize that this is not the sport for me. This, it's this not the career sport. path that I should be taking right now. So, you know, I played basketball. I played AAU in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So you know, when you when you start playing against guys like this, man, it's like this, uh, man. It's just I see I'm the just difference. Playing it for fun. <laughs> so that's is that, is, that, is, is that the point where you started to be like, oh, I probably need to focus a little bit more on baseball. Was, you know, when I'm was, a lot better at that or whatever. How tall were you then? When I when I played against them, <laughs> five two. Ooh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I was a little taller than that, but but I know both I of them were like big back like then. They were big boys. Yeah, it was Jalen, Bashan Leonard. See, Ooh. this is the team we talked about, the cheating team. Juwan Howard, <laughs> they had uh, Sean Respert. He named so many boy. different people that was squad. like, this I did, is ridiculous. I didn't get all of them, but Jalen and Vashon. Yeah, Vashon. Now listen, Vashon was the pers- first person in the NBA to bust my ass. So that's my full accountability and saying that out front. So I know he could hoop. This was later, but people may not, you know, the name might not pop, but the boy yeah, was man, a baller. Yeah, he yeah. was a problem. But that was my reminder to go back to the career path I always wanted to in baseball. <laughs> Like coming out of high school as a baseball player is, is different than coming out of high school as a basketball mm-hmm. player. Y'all the same a little bit. <laughs> you feel that relationship? Uh, you you just don't go straight to the big leagues. You go to minor leagues. Yeah. And um in basketball, they don't really give you that process. They just kind of lately start building the G League and different things. How is that process knowing that like 
oh, I got drafted, but it's like I got to start all the way over from what I built all the way in high school to get to where I'm at to prove again that I can play in the, the big you, leagues you with the, the bigger guy. You were before that, right? No. I, would, I signed to go play at University of Michigan. I went actually took class at University of Michigan after I started my professional career mm. in the offseason. But, but you make a good point. I mean, you know, you, you watch a high school basketball player and they get drafted. It's right to the NBA. Right you know, in baseball, you disappear. Yeah. You know, you disappear for three, four, five years if you're yeah. lucky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I came up from a, in a small town, Kalamazoo, Michigan. And, you know, you, you think you can play and you're playing against the best players right. in Kalamazoo. And all of a sudden now you're a professional. You're playing against the best players, not only just in the country, but in the world. Yeah. I was completely overmatched, you know, so I needed most all high school players need to go yeah. to the minor leagues and develop yeah. when you're playing this sport. It's a tough sport to play every day, man. It's just a game of failure more than any other sport. That was one of the things that when I looked at it, I was like, I don't want my kids to play baseball. <laughs> because I feel like what you say, it's like, to me, and I, I, I don't play baseball. I haven't known really people who went through that process. But for me, just from the outside looking in, it's way easier for us. Like you said, you guys, like, I use him as an example. He blew up at the right time. Like, he had a great high school career, but, like, you would agree that toward the end of your year, once you got to All-American games, that's what put you over the top. Like, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Like, they were already coming all during the year. But once he went to the McDonald's and those games, it's, it, like, stamped it because he showed out there and it was like, oh, my God, now he should be top five. So, for you guys, like, he come right in and play. And you see all of the guys come right in and play. For you, it's like, like you said, you disappear and you was the number six pick. So, it's like... For me, as a, I'm like, I don't want that. I want my kid yeah, go. I want know, him to be able to go right ahead. You know, I tell you what, man. I mean, this is getting a little deeper, but you talk about, um, you know, the sport of baseball. They always talk about more kids playing baseball. I mean, kids nowadays are into instant gratification, right? You see a kid in playing college basketball. Next year, they're in the NBA. Mm-hmm. College football, next year, you're in the NFL. You see someone in college baseball, like I said, they're they going to disappear, disappear for, for a, a couple while. Years. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but, in my mind, you know, no disrespect, I think it's the greatest sport in the world. Baseball, mm-hmm. it's like life. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. every single day. You're going to get beat up. Yeah. You know, you're going to fail. You, you fail 70% of the time and you're a Hall of Famer. I had a guy that went to school with me. He was throwing like 93 miles per hour. Uh, he went straight out of high school. He got drafted and he, he used to like to hit. But he was saying it was like it's, it's so crazy in the minor leagues because everybody want to get called up for that big shot and it's like the pitchers they throwing different than a regular pitcher would throw you know what i'm saying the guys are trying to hit the ball and do a lot more in that sense how was the minor leagues for you because like a, he got binged so many times because they, <laughs> they didn't like he was coming out of nowhere out of high school and coming hitting home runs and you know he got beamed so many times that kind of messed him up a little bit you know what I'm saying? But I know the minor leagues, it's like a harder league until you get to the to league. How is the minor leagues you know, in I'll your honest, crowd? I, I always felt as though the lower the level, the more difficult it was to play. Mm-hmm. And that's how you explain it to me. Now, the, the hardest, I, 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 I really mean this, the toughest league in baseball is rookie ball. Mm. Because you got now all the best players in the country, pitchers throwing 100. They don't know where it's going. One's at your neck. The yeah. next one is on the outside corner. Yeah. And as you go up, you know, pitchers are more around the more control. Like, yeah. you, you know, a lot of times when guys get hit, people get hit on accident yeah. sometimes, you know, try to pitch people. But for the most part, you know, they keep it around the plate, you know, yeah. so it gets easier to hit. But the, the rookie level, man, it's, it's the most difficult. That's that's where you start weeding people out. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. Is it like when you 
I watch a lot of movies, right? So is it kind of like in the movies when you in the minor leagues where it's like this small town, everybody kind of knows everybody, and it's a constant, like the people who, you know, know the team and they are with the team, and it's kind of like the same faces outside of the players that get turned around. Is it kind of like that? I think from a fan's perspective, I mean, you talk about the minor leagues, it's, it's you know, it's all about, that's the, in a lot of these cities, that's the only sports team that's right. there. Right, that's what I'm saying, you know small I mean? city. So, it's, you know, at the professional level, fans go to see particular players. Yeah. In the minor leagues, the players change all the time. Exactly. But you have fans rooting for a particular team. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes minor league baseball special. I want to ask you about shortstop. I tried to play shortstop when I was younger. No, my mom. My mom played baseball. She was a left hand first baseman, softball. Okay. I've never Lady heard Cardinals. this before ever in my life. But I tried to play baseball, and I used to, I used to run from shortstop because it was it, the heat was coming, and when you got into it, I seen my friend get in front of it, scoop it, and it rolled all the way up his nose and, and busted his nose. Did you ever used to see guys? <laughs> That don't sound pleasant yeah, never, at all, know, Yeah, man. what kind of league you playing? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I, like, I never... like, like, God, you know how the, the ground ball coming and you getting in front of the scooper and it's like rolled up his arm all the way and busted his nose. I was like, I'm never playing shortstop ever that again in my life. That's extraordinarily yeah, terrible with it, man. He said he ain't never seen that happen, dog. I see it all the it's time, a... though. That ain't the first time I've seen it, but I, it happened to somebody that was on my team. What, what particular league was this? This was, uh, we we was actually playing softball. This was, this was like in, um... Oh, I want to say like seventh grade changes, or something. Right? The story changes. Like seventh grade or something like that. But you know, I you know, shortstop get the beams. Yeah, you know, short yeah, and third, yeah, they get the beams. Yeah, you can't be afraid of the ball. So if you're getting in front of it and this and it hit that rock before it hit that glove and it just roll on. So I, I see, yeah, you you putting the blame on the grounds crew. No. Nah. Right, the field is in bad condition. <laughs> I was just wondering if you ever seen it, because I always ran from shortstop because I'm like, man, I'm not busting my nose trying to get behind a, a ground ball. Cause. So tell me this. How was it like when you were in the minors and you you trying, like you said, you needed that time to get better yeah. and improve? Like at what point did you start to feel like, I, I think I'm ready. I think I'm they you should know, be calling right now. For it. Like I'm ready um, to get the call. Like at what point did that start happening? My first year, I was completely overmatched. Um, terrible, as bad as they can come. That was when I was 18. My second year, I was... Um, Pro ball at 18. Yeah, my second year, I was terrible defensively, but I started to hit a little bit better. My third year was 19, turned 20, and I went to every level and pretty much had dominated at every level, and there was a strike. Otherwise, I felt as though I would have got called up to New York. Mm. So so that was, the, that was the year that my third year is when it really started to click for me. And they went on strike, so you had to wait. I had to wait till the next year. So I got called up when I was 20 for the first time. When you got there, like, all right, you get called up. Now you finally in the major league. Like, who would you say was a vet that you kind of leaned on and learned from or somebody that you, you know, you kind of, you know, when we get there, we find either one guy or a couple guys that we kind of look at and we feel like they got it figured out and I want to kind of take something from him or whatever. Who was that guy for you? I took bits and pieces from a lot of people. You know, yeah. one of the first guys that took me under my wings was Gerald Williams. I was 18 years old and Gerald was, uh, you know, a little older than me and he taught me what it was like to be a professional. Yeah. But then I learned a lot from watching, you know? So I, I, I watched guys. I watched how Don Mattingly dealt with the media and his teammates. I learned how you know, you play in this game, you have a good time from Cecil Fielder, Tim Raines, Charlie Hayes. I mean, this it was like a barbershop on the back yeah, of the plane yeah. with these guys, man. You know, so I think you take bits and pieces from everyone. You know, I never tried to mold myself right. after one particular person. Yeah. You are who you are. Yeah, exactly. If you try to be somebody else, 
you know, people are going to see through it. So yeah. I am who I am, but I learned bits and pieces of, of playing the game from other people. Yeah, that was me. I wanted to be like Mike. Then I saw I don't play yeah. nothing <laughs> like him. So well, you, 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 you get caught up and you there and you got the great Tony Fernandez in front of you in that spot. Like, how was that to see him? Like you say, you watched and see him come behind him and knowing that, like, hey, I need my shot after this player who had a okay, good. Okay, so this is how it went. So in 1994, I told you that was the year where it clicked for me. So I went A ball, double A, triple A, and then we had the strike. Okay. Mm -hmm. I went out to play in a, a winter, winter league called the Arizona Fall League. So I went out there and played for two weeks. I hurt my shoulder. Now, I thought if there wasn't a strike, I'd get called up. Didn't happen because there was a strike. Hurt my shoulder. They ended up signing Tony Fernandez to a two-year deal. I'm crushed. So I'm, <laughs> they're going to send me back down to the minor leagues yeah. for two years. So the next year, 95, strike is over. I started in AAA. Tony got hurt. Mm -hmm. I got called up. Only mm -hmm. for two weeks. They send me back down. Okay. So 1996, they decide Tony Fernandez is going to play second base. They're going to give me a chance to play. Mm -hmm terrible spring i mean i couldn't hit i was making errors they were going to ship me out again unfortunately tony Fernandez he passed recently mm -hmm. but tony broke his arm with like a week or so left of spring training they were stuck with me that's how i honestly feel as though i got my chance to that's start in 96. you feel otherwise you might have got sent back, got sent back. things would have been a it, lot different i wouldn't longer. be sitting here with the knuckleheads <laughs> <laughs> if that didn't happen that's crazy some of my favorite players were Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. They were two of my favorite players. You had the opportunity to play with Dwight now, man. Uh, you caught the out for the no-hitter. How was that to catch the out for the no-hitter for Dwight Gooden? Don't one drop of the it. best pitches. <laughs> Don't drop it, And that was the only thing I'm thinking. If you watch him, I was stumbling to catch it. Don't <laughs> drop it, man. It's anytime, you know, you're part of a no-hitter. It's, it's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful on the pitcher, but it's stressful on the fielders as well. Like, you can't mess up. But Doc, man, I play with Doc. One of the nicest guys you ever meet. You know what yeah. I mean? He had his fair share of turmoil that he went through during his career. Um, Straw, too. Yeah. Played mm -hmm. with Straw. Straw sat me down going into my second year because we played together in AAA when yeah. we first signed him before we went up. And after my first year, we were in spring training in 1997, he sat me down and he said, hey, man, look. And he shared some of his experiences and the mistakes that he made. And he yeah. said, this is what you need to expect. You know, New York is a beast. You have success. People know who you are. Yeah. So I'll never forget him going out of his way to mentor me moving forward. And, and you know, you talked about it earlier when, when you're saying people um, saying that what you can't do and what you can do now trying to go in the front office. And and you, it, I always said this. It's, it's impossible to be an expert on something that you haven't done. Right. You can't be. You can be knowledgeable. Yeah. But you can't be an expert now. Doc and Straw were experts at being a young player dealing with success in New York. Right, yes. Now they made their mistakes, yeah. but they've been through it. Yeah. So for for Straw especially, Doc the same way, same way, but for them to sit me down and walk me through their experiences helped me for the rest of my career. That was huge. Let me ask you this. When did you get the number two and why did you decide that's what your number one? First of all, I didn't decide on it. So when I first number got two? there, they gave me number Whatever two. Whatever I can get. I think they gave it to me because it was the smallest jersey. Mm -hmm. There was a guy by the name of Mike Gallego that wore number two before I did. And he was, uh, Mike's probably about five, six, five, seven. I think it was just the smallest jersey. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
That's crazy. So the legendary number two just got given. Just got not given. chosen. Yeah, not chosen. What no. was your number before that? Thirteen. I wanted thirteen. My dad wore thirteen. Okay. So I always tried to wear thirteen, but uh, Jim Lairitz was wearing, so I didn't get thirteen. When did the first time? Because this is actually everybody call it your move. So when's the first time you seen a, a shortstop seeing a ball going deep in the hole, backhand to jump off one leg and beam it to first? You know, I never saw it. I used to mess around doing it in the minor leagues during mm. batting practice, just messing around doing it. And I, I don't remember the first time I actually did it in a major league game, but I think it was in a postseason game. Yeah. Early on in my you career. You make it look like a layup. Missing well, over practicing, England. practicing, practicing. It looks like practicing. a layup. Like, and it's then, just simple. You know the moves. You know the you know how hard you need everyone, to throw everyone thinks they, they, it looks easier when you're watching the game. Actually go down on the field. And you see, see how, how far? How far the throws <laughs> yeah. are. Not on that play, but just how far the throws are from yeah. all the players. So we'll take you. That's the, the next one. We'll do it out on the field. Like, that's that's deep in the hole. You know, it's by the grass. You get out of there and you jump off one leg. What type of arm strength you got to have to even get it there? Because, like, a lot of guys like me who ain't throw a baseball in years, they probably won't go past the pitcher's mound. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, all, it's all, you know, it's all practice. I mean, you guys do things on the basketball court that, you know, most people can't do. I mean, I've seen it. That's why I didn't play basketball, you know, but you, you keep working on it. And arm strength is another one. You keep working on it, working on it, working on it. It's not like just one day I went out there and made that play. It's something that I worked on for years and years. And then all of a sudden it just becomes second nature. Rookie of the year. When you finally get to play, you finally sink your feet in and uh, you get the honor of rookie of the year. What did that mean to you? Did it mean like you was, I'm here and I'm, I pose, I'm not going nowhere else? It was icing on the cake for us. I mean, look, Yankees hadn't won a World Series since 78. Yeah. And, I mean, we were on top of the world, man. I mean, he played in New York a little bit. He, he, man. Oh, I know. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees yeah. Is- <laughs> no, I don't think you know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you know, man. But it's, he don't listen, know. I don't think you don't. know how much I know. We just going to leave that alone. You know. <laughs> so... We won in 96 and, and, you know, we were on top of the world, man. And then, you know, when rookie of the year on top of that, that was just icing. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's, when you put it in those terms, like we was sanitation and I thought I still, I still had a great time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, York like, is when you turn, beast, yeah. when you just think about the different ends of the spell, like you played against us, then we, we didn't do well. They was champions yeah. as a rookie. That's why I want to ask you too. A champ. Like, boy, how oh is boy. the parade <laughs> in New York City? Can't how is the parade after winning a championship in New York City nah, going can't. down Manhattan in these buildings? You can't. And just you, the people. You can't. No, you can't even describe. I couldn't articulate how. What well, I mean, two, three million people. I mean, hanging from light posts, trees. Buildings, ticket tape. Yeah, I, you yeah. can't. I've never seen, nor will I ever see, that many people in one place again. Mm. You know, so it's like you, you, you win in New York. It, it just, it doesn't get any better than that. That, yeah, I'm, I'm. You don't even have to win in New York. <laughs> I'm serious. You don't have to win if you show the New York fans that you're gonna give every single bit of you to them. You done. You good. Because you can't fool them. You can't fool them. You can't fool them. I'm telling you, like, people think, like, look at John Starks and those guys. Like, they didn't win a championship, but, like, they were the fabric of the city and they knew that they were going to lay it on the line every night. They went to work every day. He'll go fight Michael Jordan. Like, they good. You good. (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, New York is one of them cities like that. Which one of them championships mean a little bit more than the other ones? That's hard. Yeah, no, that's hard. Yeah. They're all special. 
all of them are special. Um, anytime you do something for the first time, stands out a little bit more because you're experiencing everything for the first time. Yeah. I bet you can tell me who your first girlfriend is, who your first girlfriend is. I'm not no, going to say forgot it. About her. But you, but you know, <laughs> you don't want to admit it, but you, but you know, yeah, you, you right. know, you know right. what I mean? You know. Um, so the first one stands out. Yeah. Yeah. They're, all yeah. They're all special. They're all special. Who would you say, in your opinion, is your, what coach had the most influence or impact on you in your game? Mr. Tory. Joe, Joe Torrey, yeah, legendary. Yeah, you know, I'm just because he, he's by far the best communicator I've ever known. You know, I people I, don't understand how important that he is. Yeah, he was, but you know, just when you're an athlete and you playing, like the communication is key. That's why I always love and respect Stan Van Gundy, straight shooter, tell you the truth no matter if you're gonna like it or not. Yeah, because you know, the, the thing I learned from him is, you know, you, you don't. You always hear that phrase. You, treat everyone the same. You don't treat everyone the same. Not, not you treat everyone fairly. Fairly. But you don't treat everyone the same because there's different personalities, you know? Um, so he, yeah, he's, he had that calming influence. As a young player coming up, you know, first time, hey, we all screw up. Right. When yeah. you're young, you're going to screw up something. First thing you look at, you're going to look at your coach. Yeah. Whether you look at him directly or out of the corner mm. of your eye, you're yeah. looking to see what he's doing, see right? he's panicking yeah. or not. Yeah, and, and, and you, you look at him and he was always calm, man. So it, it made me feel as though he believed and trusted me. How was it for you being in New York during the time of 9-11 and, and everything that went on with that whole situation and being being part of, you know, the Yankees, the flagship team in the city? How was that for you guys? It was um, surreal, you know, and, and, and the reason why I say it is, is you know, New York is so fast-paced. I mean, mm. As soon as you walk out your door in the street, everything's going. Cars, there's traffic, there's yeah. people, homes. Yeah, yeah. And then after, you know, September 11th, I remember going, because we were in, in New York during mm. the time, going out in the streets and, and no noise. People just, just walking the streets. There's no cars because right. they shut off the bridges. There's no cars. It's just people walking silent. And some out of a out of a movie had scene, to be like you know, weird, it was, yeah. yeah, it was it was eerie, and you know, we had a chance to meet a lot of the the you know families mm -hmm. that lost loved ones, um, firefighters, police officers, EMS workers, um, and and we, we felt as though we were representing you know New York at mm -hmm. the time, even though it's a tragedy that affected the whole country, yeah. obviously, but really hit home in New York. And, and we, we looked at it as we, we were giving people something to cheer for for just three hours a day. Yep. You know, you're not going to change anything that happened. Yeah, just get uh, their mind away from it a little bit. Three hours a day. And, and we took that responsibility seriously. And um, not saying we helped anyone, but I think during that time, that's when we went to the, the postseason, we lost to Arizona. But uh, that was a, as emotional World Series, I think I played in, you know, those three games there in New York. And, you know, President Bush came throughout the first pitch, mm -hmm. you know, but it was, uh, we felt as though we were representing a lot more than just our organization at the time. When you walked in that locker room and they told you you was going to be the captain of the New York Yankees and we want you to be the leader, what was that day like? For I thought you? I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought I was in trouble, man. Yeah, because um, this was 2000. Three. So in the off season in 2003, I used I had a great relationship with George Steinbrenner. Mm -hmm. Every off season we'd get together and we'd have dinner. And I lived in Tampa. He was in Tampa. So great relationship. 
started with the whole Ohio State University of Michigan rivalry, right? right, right? right. So every day, every year I'd go in his office, he'd tell me, I need you to be focused. I need you to be disciplined. I need you to lead the Yankees, right? I said, okay. So he was doing an interview in the offseason and someone asked him about me. He said, I need him to be focused. Everything he told me, I need him to be focused. I need him to be disciplined. I don't want to read about him being at a birthday party till three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York media, I'm on the back page next day. Party on. <laughs> because they asked me. Oh, I know about they that. They asked me. They page said, six. Yeah, they asked me, <laughs> are you doing anything different this offseason? I said, no, I'm doing everything the same. So it was party on. I refused to change my partying ways wow. to make the boss happy. So I'm like, me and the boss, we sat there. We had a meeting. We, we got into it a little bit because he would challenge you, man. He wanted right. to see if you stood up for yourself or you're going to back down. He would challenge you. So I had dislocated my shoulder on opening day that year. So I had to go back down to Tampa to rehab. Mm -hmm. And I finally get back up to New York. And this is the first year Hideki Masui came over from Japan. Mm, First year with us. He lived in my building. So I invited Matsui and all my teammates over to my house for dinner. And then we're going out Mm -hmm. after. Now we have the next day off, but we go out. Now we're at this club in New York. There's 15 of us. Next day. Front you. page of the paper. You. Picture of me. <laughs> no, and it says, hey, it says it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Derek's still out. <laughs> Next morning, I get a message saying the boss wants to talk to you. I'm like, damn, I'm in trouble. And he told me he was going to name me captain of the he team. put some responsibility see, on this me. Is, this, yeah. is, this is an opener for me because by the time I got to New York, clearly all that was over. You the king of New York. So I'm looking at, I never knew this, that you had these little <laughs> little parts right here. Because I'm all set to ask you, like, how was you the only dude to come through New York and you never got messed with and all of this? So, like, how did you start to change that? Because when I got there, it was, you know, nobody said nothing bad to say really about you. You was the man. Personally, uh, how you turned into Batman and not let nobody see you no more. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Because I've been a victim <laughs> of page six myself. Yeah. I've been a victim <laughs> me, of the back page and all of that, 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 that foolishness that goes along. Like, you cannot, that's what I'm telling you. Like, people who have never played, like, you see me, me and him sit a lot. People who played yeah. that we've seen, our teammates, yeah. we've seen people come and go. I played four straight years. I've seen teammates shrivel. Nah, man, I ain't going out to dinner tonight. I ain't going out. I ain't going nowhere no more. They don't want nobody to see him, nobody to catch him, nobody to be able to talk crazy to him and all that. Like, New York is a different place. So when I came in, I'm looking, I'm like, damn, she is the man. Like, how do, like, nothing. Like, so how did you, I know, it, like you say, you played forever there. So, I mean, you kind of, you grow, you mature. So how did, how did that process go for you? It's two things. One, <laughs> never respond <laughs> or complain about page six right, <laughs> or the gossip pages, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've found out through experience, if you come out and try to say this and that isn't true, it just Point make up something new. The yeah, they probably <laughs> might delete this. They probably make up something now on page six about me. But um, you can hide in New York if you want to yes. hide. Yes. So we'll talk when the camera's off. If you want to hide, you can hide. So I just always, I meant I always wanted to keep my private life private and I never opened it up, mm-hmm. you know, cause you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. You know, once it's out, it's out. So yeah. I always tried to just separate. I wouldn't talk about it. You know, look, I was young in New York. I wasn't married during mm-hmm. my career, you, you know? So I, I had, uh, you know, fun, went out with my friends. We had a good time, but the, also the difference is these man. 
that's yeah, that would, yeah. People don't understand, different, man. Yeah, it, yeah. It's different, you know, because I, I we used to go out in New York and you'd leave a club at four o'clock in the morning and there'd be lines to get in and you didn't have to worry about anything Steel. because the only time somebody would take a picture is if somebody actually had a camera walked around with a camera right. which didn't now, exist you don't even so, know a camera a picture yeah, got taken. now you know i tell the kid the, the players now i said look you have to assume everything you do is public knowledge absolutely everything you do because someone can capture it that didn't exist. I, I, if I played now, my career would have been three years long. Let me, let me ask you this. Like now when we go to locker rooms and stuff and these guys, these kids these days, they be on their phone before the game, <laughs> halftime and all that. Is that in baseball too? They in the locker room on their phone all the time? You know, one thing I don't do is I, I don't go down and I let them know this is their space. Yeah, that's their yeah, space. Because okay. when I was a player, I didn't like when the front office Put too much pressure was coming down. We can't laugh and, and joke I mean? while so here, right? do what you need to do. If I go down there, I'm going down there for a reason. Yeah. So I like to think not. <laughs> Steinbrenner. You did a Visa commercial yeah. with Steinbrenner. And <laughs> since, you know, Steinbrenner, time you see Steinbrenner on TV, his whole face is like Bill Belichick. He ain't mm -hmm. never smiled. Yeah. So to see <laughs> Steinbrenner in a commercial with you, you don't often see that. To do the commercial and, you know, see him smile in the commercial and have some type of humor, how was that? That was on the heels of the party on. <laughs> wow. That was after that. Wow. That was after because that's we got into it. That was in spring training. And then I hurt myself. So I was down in Tampa for, for six weeks. That's when we filmed the commercial. Wow. Mm. I'm the only one probably to see the boss or actually, well, everyone saw it, but I was the only one probably to be in a conga line with George Steinbrenner dancing. What type of discipline did Steinbrenner had that you took from him that you, you kind of bringing it to Miami with the Marlins now? Uh, we had, you know, the thing is we had the same mindset, you know, win or seasons of failure. Yeah. You know, because, you know, as athletes, you know, the worst phrase in professional sports to me is get them next year. It's 12 months, man. That's a long time. How and long you, do you I got to wait? So many next years. You know what I mean? So you get the most out of your career. And if you don't win, season's a failure. Also, so that mentality, though, is it's not a sense of urgency mentality. No. So yeah. no, it's OK. No, we'll get them next year. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't. I ain't make the playoffs. That's the reason I don't got hurt now, because I was stressing about it every year that I didn't make <laughs> the playoffs. Like, I ain't never lost as much as I lost when I got to the league to yeah. before then. Yeah. So it's a, it's a mental adjustment if you're not, especially if you're a person that want to win yeah. all the time. Tell me this. How was it for you the first time you experienced the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry? How was that for you? And what, like, you you lived it. How, what does that mean to you, that rivalry? Um, it changed over time. You know, what's that phrase? It's not a rivalry if one team always wins. Right. Mm -hmm. The Yankees were always winning <laughs> right. early on. And then, you know, they got better and better. Mm -hmm. You know, we played them in the ALCS 2003, and then they beat us in 2004. Right. They were, we didn't like each other. That's, yeah. You know, we didn't like each other. I think there's a respect there. We didn't like each other, man. We, we, we tried to beat them. They tried to beat us. Um, you know, we facing Pedro Martinez and Kurt Schilling yeah. and these guys, you know, they, they'll Manny, big hit, you in, hit you in the neck. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's, we were going at it. That was so. the one thing for me. I, I was never like this huge, crazed baseball fan, but it was like if, if y'all were playing the, like the Yankees and Red Sox, if the, the Cardinals Must and the Cubs was playing. I Must was watching see. like those, was like especially in the in the playoffs. Like yeah, it was yeah. like it was an event. Exactly, that's what it was. People that's not even that. real baseball fans would really watch that. Yeah. It was that intense and that into it. You, you don't want to say, well, we did play them in the postseason, but when we played them in the regular season, you don't want to say it was like a postseason game. 
the atmosphere makes it fun for players. Mm -hmm. And and whether we're in Boston or New York, the fans made the atmosphere special. That was, I've been to both of those stadiums. I I like, I I like both of them. Like, I I don't really like watching baseball unless I'm there. When you there, it's a totally different. Like I and I hadn't, I didn't do that to like cut my team. Like man, we got tickets. Let's go. Uh, Jameer Nelson had tickets. He had some Reebok people in Boston. He had some good seats. We went to the Boston game. I was like, damn, like being at the game actually kind of cool. Like this is like we was kicking it, getting drinks. You go over here, you doing this. We got yeah. to be at the little batting practice. Like yo, this is this ain't as bad as it looked when you on TV. Like I'm having a good time. How much do the fundamentals of the game? mean to you because i see stuff about i've seen uh the flip play that you made i seen you explaining and when you explain it you was like i was the third cutoff man sometimes you never hear about a third cutoff yeah. man that posed to get i don't even know what that mean see, but it was called because you didn't play he played yeah. <laughs> like the he third played. cutoff man yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> you know what like he's sitting here giving <laughs> this man some credit like this i need to get the show on xbox get the show on xbox i need to see this deep Jeter gave me credit. Uh, but I know I know. to be the third cutoff, man, that was a discipline and a fundamental moment, which was a key moment you got John B. at home. But explain us the fundamentals for the, the younger kids now. And for me, because I don't know. You know I don't know. Yeah, this is just us talking. This is us He said he doesn't I'm lying right now. Um, I think it, it goes down to, to preparation. You know, people ask you all the time, the game speeds up or it slows down. In my mind, it slows down if you're prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're unprepared, everything's in fast forward. So um, I got my, my, my biggest that. my biggest fear in life is being unprepared. It just makes me uncomfortable. So in every situation when I'm playing or when I was playing, I think of all the different circumstances and scenarios before it happens. You know, and then now when, we when get you're into in the it, Dexter part it, of his it, mind, it's it slows down. So. Um, in that particular situation, I had run through my mind before. You know, I know there's a checklist. I mean, it's not like a 10-minute process, but it's, you know, a couple-second process where you know who's running, how fast they are, where they're going to hit it, where they tend to hit it, who's the cutoff man, how, how good of the arm is know the right fielder. Now. Yeah, exactly. So now, it all runs through your mind, and it actually just slows down. Let me just say this right now as a sidebar. <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> We've done these interviews, and, like, you – Kobe, the crazy ones, the, you know, the, <laughs> the, crazy the, the, the ones. <laughs> different ones, y'all not from the planet, like y'all sit here and talk about something that's not regular as if it's regular, it's not like Everybody regular. can do it. No, everybody cannot <laughs> do that, everybody cannot. That is why y'all are who y'all are. And I, it's, it always makes me laugh to sit and listen to them talk about it so regular and as a matter of fact, and I'm sitting here like I'm thinking and I'm listening and I'm replanning it's not regular. <laughs> <laughs> but that just lets but the way he talking about it, I mean, we we listened to Kobe just saying, because you made a comment, you said, you know you crazy, right? Like, that's not regular. Like, that's what I'm saying. Y'all was having y'all little thing, and I'm sitting here like, that's, I don't never heard nobody just, that's not regular. Like, that's a gift. That's the crazy, you know, the special move. Like, that's why I say Dexter. That's like the serial killer, like, in him. Like, don't nobody know how to do that? Like, what? That was crazy. It's all, it's all in the preparation, man. One of the best. One of the most highlighted things to me on baseball that I always love to see is when you turn two. You play shortstop and you turn. Stop looking at me like I'm you don't know what bro. I'm talking about. He's learning. He's learning. He's learning. He's learning. <laughs> From hey, you, you turn two. Like, uh, how is that to turn two and, and have the coordination with, your, with your, your second baseman and plus the first baseman knowing where you're going, how you're going to do it, how you're going to flip the ball? Like, yeah, how is that? 
Well, it's more with the second baseman. I mean, you know, first baseman just got to catch it. Yeah. Right? But the second baseman working with a lot of, I work with, I play with a lot of second baseman, man. And everybody's different. Yeah. You know? So it's just you're getting that work. That's why spring training is so important. You know, 30 games get in spring chemistry. training, you get that chemistry and you work out, you work together and you work on plays and different angles. And once again, it's, it goes down to the preparation part of it. But um, just time. Time. Yeah, you got to spend time. What was your favorite part? of playing like was it the actual result of winning was it playing in the game in the competition going against somebody and trying to you know conquer that person you up against like you said a pitcher or something or was it the work like you say the preparation and all that what was your favorite part the most satisfying I like competing competing yeah. in the game competing yeah, man you know and that's in anything like if you want to compete in something we can do it when the cameras go off you know i just like to compete Hey, I heard that sound like a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Said, you know, when the cameras go, I'm like, what you trying to get to the spades and shit? What are you doing? What are you talking? We play dominoes yeah. and all that up in here. Yeah, we don't true. talk about basketball. You said that wasn't your sport. Well, that's unfair. But you know, we can do the sandbags. Softball. I do darts. Real. He the softball player. He going to need two weeks off afterwards, but he the softball player. <laughs> that's the thing, though, is competing, man. Everyone, you know, you like to compete. And when you're done playing, you got to find something find to compete something about. Else. You know, I tried golf, you know, I played golf and now I'm in a different role and we're competing. It's the same thing. It's, it's competition. Fun question. Is it harder to score in the NBA game, you think? Or is it harder to hit a fastball? Hit in by far. Easy. Baseball. I hit by far. Rhythm. It's easier. It's easier. Do you think it's anybody off the street can just go on the NBA court didn't and get them a buck? No, I didn't say that. No, 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 no. <laughs> you said score a point. You can get yeah, fouled. That's what I was about to say. And, and easy. Listen, because... Anybody on the street, if they get a fast break or open, you better make a layup. If you just get an open, like, I don't care. Baseball, boy, you can't hit no home run. Like, you can't just hit I ain't hit saying hit a home run. I'm just saying put a bat on the 99. Just nah, put a bat on it. 99? You scared no, yeah, to no, begin no, no, with. No, like, if you play basketball no, to begin no, with, you no. not scared. You not no, scared playing no, ball. No. If somebody's standing, like, the big unit standing up there on the thing, Boy, please, I ain't even th I'm thinking know, about not getting hit you know, and hitting the ball. You, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. Okay. Spring training. You guys come down to spring Knuckle training. Knuckleheads at spring come training. Come down to spring training. Yeah. Come down to spring training. We'll put you in the cage with one of our pitchers. Mm. I want. I need hey, footage, we'll Ash. I want CD Miles get beam. One that has control. Oh, yeah. please have control because right. I can't take no, <laughs> no baseball. That's going to be a moment right there. He talked all this mess. <laughs> I want to see it, ladies and gentlemen. As soon as you get struck out, I'm going to be on the sideline like, 53. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't playing no baseball. <laughs> he went 18s. Ain't no cleats I for I might him. pull my shoulder out trying to swing a bat. I ain't swing nothing. Softball, measles. Softball. softball huh? <laughs> I wanted to ask you about a couple of your teammates uh, that kind of been on the journey, the whole journey with you and uh, Bernie, Andy. Mariano and Jorge, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's my guy, Jorge. I, Mariano, I, my guy. Yeah, but, nah, but like, them, them are some of the guys that kind of been through the journey. Y'all done seen each other retire, been through the ups and downs, and uh, been together a whole lot of years where y'all basically family now. Yeah. What do them guys mean to you, and what do them guys mean to the Yankees organization? Two things. Well, one, you know, you always hear the core four, right? Mm -hmm. So they mentioned me, Mariano, Andy, and Jorge. And the reason why they say the core four and they don't, they, they didn't include Bernie is because Bernie wasn't there when we won our fifth championship. Mm. So that core four title 
yeah. or label came after we won in 2009. Okay. Now, we wouldn't have gotten the chance to play if it wasn't for Bernie. Mm -hmm. Because the Yankee organization was known for trading players. Mm -hmm. like the boss would go get free agents. He'd get rid of the young players. So Bernie was really the first one that got a chance, and he had success. So therefore, it opened the, opened the door for us to have success. Me, Mariano, and Jorge are the only trio in any of the sports to play 17 years together on the same team. That's Andy blessing. left. Blessing. Blessing. And, and, That's really family. That's yeah. a blessing. That's really family. Like, wow. And Andy, it would have been four, but he went to play in Houston for a couple of years and came yeah, back. Otherwise, it's the four of us. So we've been through every. We came through the minor leagues together. Wow. So Bernie seemed like he's just the most quietest dude ever. It seemed like he just don't never talk. Unless he with the guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how that now, Bernie, Bernie used to just play his guitar on the back of the plane because, you know, he's a musician now. Oh, that's wow, dumb. I know so that. He plays that's his guitar, dumb. yeah. About that strumming the strings, boy. <laughs> hey, boy, you don't know nothing about that, boy. How was it like in the in the, in the eighth or the ninth where y'all done got up, got a run up, got a two run up, and you got Mariano coming on up to, yeah, it's to end it. Like it's, how much confidence did you have? It's over, it's yeah, over. And yeah, that guy. That's, that's what the feeling was, was it's over. Yeah. You know, cause you, you think about, it, we, we were like, we won five championships. And the one that eats at me is the one we, we lost to Arizona mm -hmm. game seven. And every team that loses says this, right? But I feel if we played that game over a hundred times, we win. win 99 of them, you know? Yeah. That's how good Mariano was. But it wasn't meant to be. I mean, Arizona gets a lot of credit, but but um, when he came in the game, it was over. Tell me this. This is something that's, you know, we all can say we've been a part of. Like, when, how was it for you? And when did you get the call from, I don't know, was it MJ or was it Nike and the representation, but or was it your agent letting you know that they wanted you on Jordan Brand? What was that like for you, and how did you receive that information? Uh, I first met Michael when he was playing baseball. Mm. So he was in playing the baseball. He was in, he was in the Arizona Fall League. Remember I, earlier on, I told you I hurt yeah. my shoulder in the Fall League, okay. and then they, they signed Tony Fernandez right after that. That wow. was the year I met Michael playing baseball. And um, wow. relationship just grew over time. And then, you know, he reached out and this was the beginning. Of you were the Grand first, Jordan. right? Yeah, this, this is the is, beginning. See, he like, you know, we originators up in here. Right. We all, you know, OGs <laughs> up in here. So, Everything's yeah. up where we still here, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. And no, I mean, and, and look, I think, you know, at, at that point and still now, you know, people would look up to, to Michael beyond just what he did on the basketball yes. court. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you talk about athletes and post athletic careers and building businesses and mm -hmm. you know he was one of the first you know him and magic yep one of the first so uh he always looked out for me he gave me advice i learned a lot from him still learned a lot you know to this day mm -hmm. but um yeah it was one of the first tell me how it was when you start getting them packages just like Jordan so everything. everything. Oh, yeah. Everybody Jordan wanted. draws, Jordan yeah, socks, yeah, Jordan yeah. tanks. And then I can even speak from, a, you know, like you say, we're younger than you, so I could speak from the space of, like, being on the brand, being, you know, one of the – we came in the second year of existence. The first group was Vin, Kid, Eddie Jones, and, and those guys, and yeah. Vin Baker and those guys. So then Derek Anderson. And then the second year, our rookie year, we get picked then. We, like, we don't even know what to do. Yeah. And then, you know, you go, I don't know how long before, but then when you sign – Start getting Derek Jeter stuff, like two <laughs> and like like baseball jerseys yeah. and stuff. Like, how was that for you to have kind of like 
you were the first baseball to crack and you were the first one to like open this lane right. up. And like you look at all the Yadier Molinas and all the tons of other dudes that's on the Jordan. I'm now, glad you, you mentioned Yadier, my guy. I got your St. Louis guy. Right. Okay, okay. You was the originator of that and you really like, I got a pair of kicks. I don't know if you know this, but they got a Derek Jeter pair of kicks out, the Jordan 11s. It's two versions of them. So it's a low cut. You know how they came with the low cut. I know he, he, he a representative, so he know what I'm talking about. He speak this language. The low cuts, right? Those are the regular ones. You look on the internet, you look Google it. It's Googleable, everybody. It's like $200 on StockX. Got the two <laughs> how you got the, the pricing and all that? I'll do this. I know this. So <laughs> the mids, though, like the regular Space Jam joints, rumors allegedly anywhere from twenty three to 50000 Are you aware of that? <laughs> I got some. I got some. <laughs> Look, I got some. I got a hot 25 or something waiting if I need it. The chips go down, goddamn. I'm going to call somebody and put them on a the market. eBay, yeah. what's happening? Like, can't, Look, can't. I feel like I can get 100 for them because, you know, you know, it's, they mine and they his, you know, so it's a double <laughs> and they rare. <laughs> in case of emergency break last. Hey, listen, that's what I got to do. I got to put them in a special little oak case so they don't, nothing don't happen. I, I grew up the I only got the laces and everything. You know, everything is better when you you got the box and the laces yeah, and yeah. ain't none of that tampered with. <laughs> Nothing is messed up. The doggone little plastic wrap ain't even crumbled up on it. I, I looked open them. I said, damn, what's this? I said, I swear I ain't gonna wear I just close them back up. Couple years later, <laughs> how much time go by? You know how many shoes we get into. I said, man, look, I saw that on the end. I said, hold on, I, got, I think I got them. I went and looked, I said, shit, I got both of them. I said, oh Lord, it's a big one. <laughs> how is it to hear that they want to put a shoe and name it the Derek Jeter Jordan, like, ah. and everybody just go crazy. I got baseball cleats with Jordan on them now. They got everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think you know. You know, part of the thing was when you go into baseball. You know, you know, people don't buy cleats and walk around the streets. Right. You know, so didn't really know how it was going to be received. But then you know, you do the like, oh. regular shoe, and and um, I think it was received well. You know, it was, it was, know, we it was didn't crazy. know. We, it was yeah. Crazy. yeah. So it was, it was fun. The development process, the creative process was fun. And that was dope. I know how, how they do it. So with you, you were pretty much hands on from yeah. after they gave you a line. Cause I know how they bring you in and they let yeah. you have, well, you, you did a great DNA job. It's all over. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you definitely did an outstanding job. But like, how was that for you to actually be brought in and that like, it's not like, Hey, this is your no. Nah, this is really I had influence and I impacted and I picked and chose different things. How was no, that? No, it funny? wasn't. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. Here's the shoe. Right. Exactly. You know, it was. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, what are you into now? What's your inspiration? And then we start the development process, which takes some time. So I enjoyed that part of it when I started. I didn't know anything about right. designing a shoe, but uh, it was a fun process to have little things apart. There's still some some secret messages in a lot of the shoes that, that yeah, people don't know about. Yeah, I can't even about. imagine, cause like for us, like we never got like our own own shoe to design and do this and that, but like just for us to get PEs in our team colors, like whatever, the sixes, the twos, the 11, in our team color, like to us, we got our own shoe. With our yeah. name on it. With our it. name yeah. on it, they go in the house yeah. of hoops and different stuff. And it was like, for me, like, Growing up a kid from Chicago, you know what I'm saying? Why yeah. you like, man, you couldn't tell me a damn thing. <laughs> like, please, like for like and for you to be able to really have part of the creative process and know that you about to have a line, it was like it was you and then it, it was Randy Moss. Randy yeah. Moss came with the football side and it was like, 
y'all opened doors for both. And it was like, y'all was the first ones. And I, I remember it vividly because I remember getting all of the gear, the two jerseys yeah. for baseball, the 84 jerseys for, uh, for yeah. football. You started something that uh, changed my life. It changed my life starting off with an article. Now it's changed my life in bringing a podcast that uh, a lot of people appreciate. But the Players' Tribune, you know, you, you started something beautiful. It went from telling these amazing stories from all sports, not just baseball and basketball, to uh, doing more things and creating a podcast and knuckleheads, uh, the football players, and even more to come. How was that starting off? What made you start it? And, you know, what do you think where it's at now? Yeah, you know, it's 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 it started, you know, me and Jamie Messler I started Jamie, talking Jamie. about Jamie. Players' Tribune towards the end of my career. You know, I did an article. I did an interview towards the end of my career. Well, I actually wasn't even towards the end of my year. I'll tell you the exact year. It was 2010. And I had a rough year, 2010. And we were going to play in the playoffs. And um, someone asked, do you have some time doing a playoff edition? I said, yeah, of course. I'm here every day. So I talked to this particular person for five minutes. And then the next day, the headline was, is this the end? So it's talking about it's just the end of my career. And they just threw my quotes in there. You know, so I'm validating the story he's writing right. trying to end my career. So, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this, man. And 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 you know, talking to people not only in baseball, but other sports as well. Mm-hmm. Anyone that says that the relationship between athletes and and journalists, reporters is not fractured, they're lying to you. Yeah. yeah. Right? It is. And it's the trust factor. Yeah, there's yeah. some people that you trust. Not saying that all reporters yeah. are out to get uh, you. Exactly. That's not the case. But there's a trust factor. It takes a long time to develop and earn trust. So we said, look, there's a better way to do this. And then we're going to build a company that's built on trust. And, and we want to make sure that we give athletes a chance to shine in the areas that they want to shine. Yeah. And let you do what you're most comfortable doing and let you be creative. Let yeah. you be the creative ones. And, and we're here to support you. And so, <laughs> you know, you talk about the things that you accomplish in your career. I'm as, I'm as proud of what we've done at the Players' Tribune because it gives you all and yeah. you get a chance to do what you want to do, man, yeah. and 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 shine a, a light on you. And and another thing is when you when your playing career is over, your life ain't over. Yeah. You know, oh. you're an athlete. You know, you're lucky. What I think the average baseball career is five years. I think four, the NBA is four. I think the NFL is three. Mm-hmm. So what you get to the league when you're 21, 22, your life's supposed to be over when you're 24. Yeah. Me and him, me and you know? him talk about it all the time. Like when you when you're an athlete in sports, whether it's baseball, football, tennis, I don't care what it is, like we get asked to to climb the mountain and make it all the way to the top of our industry, to the pinnacle, as far as you can go, the NBA, whatever. And then you got a shelf life. Whereas if you make a doctor, a judge, or a lawyer, or whatever you do, you could do that until you die, making the top money. We get a shelf life, and then when that shelf life is over, if you're lucky, you know, like if you're one of the great, great, greats, like, you know, MJU, some of the guys get to go right there on ticket. But even still with you guys, no matter how much money you make, I mean, it, that's why I say it's no matter who you are. It's for every one of us. No matter if you the richest of the rich or the poorest of the poor, you still at best like, what, 35, 40? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to live. You got to do a whole life. So now you're forced to go pro again. If you want to do anything else, you got to make it to, you got to, like, now you got to climb that ladder again. Like, that's basically what we just had to do. Like, we retired, had our careers, whatever, 13, 10-year career, and it's like, cool, you did this and you did that. Okay, who cares? Yeah. 
Like when I walked in the in the front office to 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 work as director of player development with the Detroit Pistons, Stan Van Gundy hired me. Every piece of information and advice I got was like, no one cares that you play in the NBA. If you walk in the door trying to act like you're still a player, like you're not gonna get no respect and you're gonna be gone. So it's like, damn, what am I supposed to do? And it was like, you know, it's a message in there that you gotta decipher. And it's like, no, you don't not forget you play in the league. That's what makes me special. That I could walk in the door with 13 years of playing yeah, experience yeah, yeah. that you other front office people can't. Like, you all got something I don't got, right? You guys have watched the games, you did this or whatever. Maybe you graduated college, you did whatever, but like, I got something that nobody can, you can't get this. I played. I could learn the CBA. I could watch as many games as you watch. I could hire somebody to do what you do. Yep. You can never yep. attain what I attained on the level that I attained it. Being in those seats, being on those planes, understanding your teammates and players, nobody knows that more than we do when you are in those places. And so that's why I say, like, for us, it's like, you got to go pro again. Fair or not. And I mean, I, I'm like I say, like he did, I, we appreciate this platform because it allowed us to do it in a way that was very familiar for us and something that's like even fun. And we get something out of it. It's not like this ain't work for us. We sitting here talking to Derek fucking Jeter. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> like, you it's, know what I'm saying? Like from from this is we we good. Like we yeah. we would be at home watching games, talking about this player talk for free. Yeah. And we do it every day while we still got this job. We watch every summer league game. We watch the Olympics. We watch the season. And we sit on the phone while we every watching the game. Too. Like, man, look at this. Look at that. Like, we doing what our job is regardless. So yeah. it's a blessing that you create this platform and we get a chance to go pro again and be here flourishing in it. And it, it's just dope, man. We salute you for that. But yeah, my experience on it, uh, Q was telling me about Players Tribune and I did the article that day. And when I did the article, I went back to the hotel and we came to the party in the mansion in oh, Hollywood. Yeah. You there, yeah, uh -huh. And uh, from doing the article to getting to that mansion and before we got to party and drinking or whatever, it was like a, a meeting amongst all athletes. It wasn't just football Panel. or basketball. It was, it was some of everybody, rappers, Can singers, the, swimmers, yeah, the, tennis players and all that. And you don't get that nowhere but the ESPYs at the award shows or something like a sports award show. To get that just on a random day in the summer, I thought it was just a different environment. It was something I wanted to be a part of as an athlete. That's why I was so happy that I had the opportunity to, to do the knuckleheads and do it with Players Tribune and continue to be a part of the brand because I feel like it's a, a dope brand. You started something that's truly meant for athletes and. I'm glad that uh, we're a part of it, so thank you. Man, look, like I say it all the time, athletes aren't two-dimensional, yeah. you know? It's not just, in order to, for you to get to the top of your profession, it takes a lot of discipline, yeah. hard work, right? Yeah. Just because you dedicated your life to your sport, it doesn't mean now you can't dedicate your life to doing something else and be Definitely. successful at it, mm -hmm. because it's not all of a sudden that you gotta figure out a new work ethic in order yeah. to get there. Just find something else that you're passionate about work at it and you can be successful at it. So that was the idea behind the Tribune and we, we wanted people, we want you yeah. to be creative. What do you like? What do you want to do next? Yeah. What do you want to try next? Exactly. You know, it's okay to try something new and fail. That was the thing that we grew to come to love about doing this because we, you know, after obviously we come into it like, what the hell are we doing? We don't know. But then after you do it for a while, like anything else, you start to figure different things out and find your way. And for us, it was like, damn, like we really got to see like from, cause most of the guys we talked to, we know them. We know them and we talk to them more than just when we do the interview. So it was like, 
setting it up, then actually doing it, then talking to them afterwards. It's like I, I get the feedback to know that that we are a place of of a comfort zone. We are a safe yeah, place yeah. for them because like, and we make it sure that they know before they even sit down and before they come. Like, look, man, we one of y'all. We not trying to no clickbait. We don't want no like because we feel like it's a million you know, uh, outlets out there to do an, a tremendous, better than a good job of reporting everything bad that all of us do as athletes, whatever it may be, from whatever to whatever. Like, that's always in the forefront. You know what I'm saying? Boom, bam, this person did that. Ah. So it's like, for us, it's like, we're not ignorant. We don't not know that you did bad things, but that's not what our platform is about. We're going to illuminate everything good that you did. And even if it's got something to do with a mistake you made and you came out of that good, we're yeah. going to talk about that. Instead of just highlighting that mistake, because we want to be able to show we not perfect. We never talked about we got more mistakes or as many mistakes as anybody between the two of us. So we represent that and we want to show people that you could still be a good person, have a successful life, have a good life, no matter what you've been through. Because me and my boy have been through some of the toughest shit you could talk about. And we still here smiling and having fun yeah. and still trying to make other people happy. Let me ask you about. You know, with your rival with the Red Sox and all that stuff, how was it to get a standing ovation in Fenway on your leg? I was about to say, was that weird? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like after Wait, all the stuff that you like been through, yeah, 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 like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> but you have to, you have to go back to some of the things I've heard playing <laughs> right. in Boston. You know, right? But I, uh, one thing I give, you know, one thing I, I, I give to the, the, the fans in Boston, they are as knowledgeable as any fans in the game. And they may boo you, they may talk about you, they may talk about your family, they may talk about right. your friends, but deep down, if you can play, they'll respect you, yeah. right? And and that show, the last game I played, the last games I played there, and it's, if we would've been playing anywhere else, I just wouldn't have played. I would just shut it down yeah. after my last game at Yankee Stadium, but I played out of respect to the fans yeah. and, and to the, their organization. But they appreciate competition. Yeah, it was it was yeah it was strange. You know, you're looking around like what's what's happening. You know? This is the first time I they think, ever yeah, gave you. I, I, think, yeah. I think I think that's I think like you say. I think that's you know for a fan base, especially as rabid and as passionate for their team as they are. I think that's the ultimate show of respect. Yeah. Like listen, yeah. like this guy has been our nemesis for for I don't know decades or whatever <laughs> it is, and like he's really cost us World Series. But like we have to respect and appreciate and honor his greatness. I think that that speaks volumes for them. Like you say, to know all of the things they've said to you over the years and then for that final time to see you, they send you off the right way to me. Salute Boston Red Sox yeah. fans. That was, that was dope. What was your mindset, you know, you, you the all time Yankee hitter, you know, it's a lot of hits. What's your mindset going up to bat every bat? Like what was the mindset, what was the goal? Yeah, you know, I, I was, it was, um, we talked about it. it's a game. You fail 70% of the time, you go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. How <laughs> many other sports or any other professions, maybe weatherman, right? So it was, you have to have a short memory. You have to be able to forget what's already happened. I, I was pretty good at um, putting the past behind me. Yeah, I'd be 0 for 20. And in my mind, law averages on my side. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, I'm due for a hit See, now. See, we simple. Yeah. That's me. I ain't remember my last miss. Steve Nash created that about me. I don't remember. I got short memory. Because you crazy. You, you, I got an eight. Sometimes you need to stop shooting. No, no. See, that's the, that's the misnomer. You miss every single shot you do not take. Every one. Unless you give me the ball. No. You miss every single <laughs> shot you do not take. 
That is a fact. You're right. Thank you. That's a shooter's mentality, everybody. All you young boys out there that want to be a bucket, remember that. Have a short memory, and you miss every shot you don't take. Uh, when you retired, it was a commercial, a Nike commercial. I thought this was a dope commercial, and I thought it was a, a, a good tribute for you. Uh, it was the commercial. It was the Nike hat commercial. When you came I up to bat and you, and you, you yeah. tipped your hat and then it had the Red Sox fans and the Dodgers fans. Uh, when you seen that commercial, like, what did you like about that commercial? I like the fact that um, it wasn't just about baseball. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was about all sports. They had all types of athletes, all, all types. fans from everywhere. everywhere, fans from New York, fans yeah. from Boston. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it, it, it's it's one of those moments where you realize that when you have a long career, um, you may have had an impact on people from all walks of life. Not mm -hmm. saying it's all good. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to say it's all good, but but you've had an impact on people's lives. And and if they were a fan, whether they liked you or hated you, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. But there were memories that you were a part of from mm -hmm. people from all different walks of life. Mm. Let me ask you this: This question I like to ask. I don't want to hear about. You know, like, yeah, I took care of my mom or I bought a house. I want to know, cause, like, baseball money look, like, ridiculous. Basketball's ridiculous. No, we catching up. We catching up. We catching up now. Like, no, come stop. on, man. Now like, we catching like, up. Now we catching up. Dude, dude like, Steph Curry. Now. You passed us now. Step, yeah, we passed us now. <laughs> Ain't nobody in the NBA ever seen no $300 million contract, though. So that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to just say that. Like, baseball was like, for a minute, I was like, goodness. I was like, do my kid need to play baseball? Like, wait a minute. Like, but it was like, like I told I decided it was too many minor leagues. But, like, I want to know when you got the bag, because you got a. You know, a couple few have me. I ain't counting your part. You got enough bags, so you know what I'm saying. Like, what did you do? Like, I'm talking about stunt tastic. I don't want to hear about the conservative bought. good guy, Derek. I want to hear about that Derek. that that beast that was listening to Tupac or whoever and said, "I'm copping." First thing I bought, Mitsubishi 3000. Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi 3000. <laughs> I was 18 years old. After my first year, uh, popped the Tony Terry CD in there. Tony See, Terry. That's what I'm talking about. I need to hear the whips. I need to hear how you was, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You, Tony Terry blasting out the speakers. I'm cracking. And you think you the biggest thing in the world right now. thought so. That's what I'm I saying. So. That's what they look. We all did. Back That's the moment. Zoo, yep. I, me and him had Escalades. I had a white one with a hundred spokes dating. He had a black one with gold. We had the same exact truck. And I told him, man, it's better than yours, boy. What are you talking about? My head going on, you know. So you know Real mine, talk, And you couldn't tell none yeah. of us nothing. Like, that's like, to me... I know like when you get in the grand scheme of things, that's like so small. But like when you really think about it, for me, no, that's that like huge. one of the most enjoyable and yeah, best like, moments of your whole, cause nothing else, like you say, when you talk about your first, like that's the first time you get to yeah. like, what am I gonna do? Like, it's like, all right, like what, and then like you do it, it's just like, I remember sitting in my car, I just sat there like, <laughs> Sound <laughs> better. I'm just looking around, looking in the back seat, like turn the music up, get outside, look at the rims, like, like I did this, like, well, you can't tell me a thing, like, and if I really, really just wanted to, I could go get something else. Like, I was like that feeling to me from coming from the hood, dude. You couldn't tell me I was the happiest dude in the world on the planet. Like, you couldn't tell me nothing. Like, yeah, my grandma you used to have them How they really on. feel like some of the simplest things to us, those of us that didn't really have before. That's why I always love to ask that question, like, what, what did you do? Because I be want to know, like, what did people do when they got, I know what I did. I want to go crazy. Like, I had a little sense, not, not total sense, but it was like, I want to go crazy, like, for real. We, we, uh, you're, you're an owner and you're a historian. You know the game. 
So I got a game for you. It's the start, bench, trade. You got to start one player. You got to trade one player. You got to bench one player. And and these are all short stops. Okay. Oh, man. Cal Ripken Jr. Cal Ripken Jr., Larkin, and Ozzie Smith. Who do you start? Who do you bench? Wait, wait, who do you trade? Please, just, just for him. No, don't Cardinal. cut the Cardinal. Well, he do flips. See, this, this, I'm going to be political. But I'm being political for a reason. <laughs> Depends on who else you got on your team. Ah, you know what we I'm have saying? never because, got that answer. You know what I mean? Wow. Because ah, it, it it who else you have on your that. team. You know, because Ozzy's the best defender. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's good, right? I yeah. mean, you're all Hall of Famers, right? Yeah. Ozzy's the best defender. Yeah. Uh, Cal's going to have more power. Yeah. Barry does a little bit of everything. Everything. So it depends on who else <laughs> yeah. you got on your team. Yeah. It, this ain't my first interview, man. <laughs> <laughs> you try, you try, you try. I just thought there was three good ones, though, because they're my guys, all three of them. I was doing an interview one time. This was towards the end of my career. And the guy that was interviewing me says to me, he said, you know, it seems like when I ask you a question, you go through 15 different answers in which direction you could take the answer. I said, absolutely hey, listen, correct. I mean, I I'm well polished. Like, I, think, I think that's like that's like a it's like a version of PTSD from playing so long in New York. Crazy, like for real. We represent the women on this show. We have a lot of WNBA All players that we try to show a lot of love to, and a lot of women is breaking barriers. Uh, a lot of women is trying to. Uh, and soon, maybe maybe next year or the year after, we're going to have a woman coach. But you hired the first women's GM. How was that for you? What made you the decision to, to take the first step and to recognize what she do off the field and, and what she do outside of her being a woman to bring her into a role like GM? Uh, she's the best person for the job. That's it. You know, that's that's it. Boom. You know, people, people Everybody say, oh. hear that. Say that louder for the G, for the people in the back. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, people are like, oh, it's such a historic moment. Hire. Yeah. Historic decision. Yeah, look at like, it. Like, hire yeah. to make history. Hire because we got a job to do down here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, you know, I've met Kim. She was the assistant GM early on in my career in New York. People are like, oh, well, you know Kim and you're comfortable with Kim. Well, Kim was in the arbitration case against me. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm friendly with the front <laughs> office, yeah. you know? But I would always check in this on her career, you know, throughout the years you hear about it. She went to L.A. and then she's in Central Baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I reached out to Kim and I explained what the opportunity was. And she was the best person for the job. I mean, that's it. Straight up. You know? That's, Shout out to Kim. Nah, Just Keep salute. on doing like, your that's thing. That's like when you look at now everything. Now she got a job to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pressure on she just got work to do though. But no, nah, that's like when I watch everything that's going on with Becky Hammond, that's that's a lot of the things, the same sentiments that she echoes. Like I don't want to be hired because of, you know, trying to I'm make history. First, yeah. I want to be hired because I fit the description it. of what you want as a GM. Nothing more, nothing less. And yeah. that's what it should be. I totally agree. And I, you know what I'm saying? I commend you for doing that because that's that's the way it should be. And like you said, it wasn't about making history or doing A, B, or C. It was about getting the best person for the job. And you guys did your work and identified her as being there. So congratulations to her for that. And more people should do it. Soon come. And now she got a job to do. Straight up. <laughs> Reiterate <laughs> from the boss. Who you got a job to do? Not the top five baseball players, but who are, were your favorite five baseball players to watch? Ooh, Winfield was first. Mm-hmm. Love watching Dave. Um, 
I mean, you met, I, I watched shortstops, you know, Ozzy. Everyone knows about Ozzy Smith. I, I was in Michigan, Alan Trammell, mm-hmm. playing shortstop, yeah. Larkin. Went to University of Michigan, yeah. watched him too. So I, I sort of watched a, a lot of the shortstops. Those are the guys. Tell me, what's your, what's your best advice for an up-and-coming, not even just baseball player, just athlete? What would, you, what would your advice be to him? Um, one, focus on academics. That's number one. Because I don't care how good you are. You know, you're one play away, one step away from your Never career could possibly be over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so get the most out of your athletic ability. If that can help you get your education, get your education. Right. Don't let anyone outwork you. Right. you know, I, I never want to be someone that my career was over with say, well, I wish I would have just worked a little harder. Mm-hmm. Or if I would have done this, maybe things would have turned out a little bit differently. So no excuse for saying, you're always gonna have to find someone that's more talented. Always, yeah. someone's got more talent. Yeah. But there's no reason why someone should outwork you. How, how can um, more black players be in baseball? What do you think the remedy of that they're not getting from like back in the day? It was more black players back in the day yeah. when we didn't have cell phones and computers than we do now. Like, what's if you have one, what's the remedy? It's more you expensive think? to play baseball now. It definitely All is. All these travel teams and it takes money to do it. Man. And then another thing you need to fix is you got more scholarships yeah. than the other sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you're coming up in the inner city and, and you're trying to figure out how I'm going to go to college, how many scholarships are in football, man? 50, 60, something mm. like that. Baseball is like 10, 11, I think. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's uh, don't quote me on the number, but there's more, there's more scholarships. There's more opportunities playing the other sport. And it's just gotten to be too expensive. And I think, you know, every, I think baseball's trying to focus on getting more kids to play. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's tough, man. Travel ball. It's, it is. It's tough no in my pockets right now. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, and it's, it's no easy fix because if there was an easy answer for it, yeah. It'd be fixed already. Then also we talked about before the instant gratification. You know, you that. see, you know, <laughs> you, you watch college basketball. Yeah. In NBA. Yeah. You watch football in NBA. First, you don't even see college baseball. You don't. And then you if don't. you do you see it, you're not going to see it. It's for a week out the summer. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? They're going to yeah, show man. the last yeah. couple of games of the, ge- yeah. the thing on ESPN. Man, My so son I played baseball and I, I love baseball. And I'll be trying to. They encourage him for baseball because I see how basketball and football, the the attention from it and that type of stuff is getting his attention more. When yeah, I'm yeah. telling him like, man, yeah. you getting that hand and eye coordination, like you 13 years old, you six foot, you wear a 15 shoe, you the only one in your league hitting home runs. Like there's gotta be something for you, but you know, he leaning towards football, baseball. You know, little, but it's I mean, cooler to play definitely. the other sports, right? There's it is. Night, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what that's the perception. Yeah. Baseball games are too long. Yeah. You hit for three and a half hours. <laughs> There's no action on the field, right? You know, it's you go and everyone strikes out, they walk or they hit a home run. But we can't play two basketball games in a day. Like you Very see true. guys, they'll play a morning game and then they'll play an evening game. And you know, you be in left field, I mean, right field, and, you might not get the ball hit to you about two times the whole day. Yeah. You know, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You just went up to bat all day. And I'm just trying to tell them what baseball brings to them. Cause a lot of kids, like, they start off with baseball. They they put you, you put your kids in baseball and then they slowly by junior high, high school, they then kind of linked and and just veered away from it. Play every sport too. 
I tell you know, them you do that too. Playing every sport. I grew up playing every sport. Yeah, you play yeah. every sport. You know, get yeah, kids. You know, I meet parents all the time. They say, "Hey, you know what? My 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 son's going to be the next shortstop for the Yankees." I'm like, "All right, cool. How old is he? Four. <laughs> Come on, man. Go play other sports. That's New York. Get you to know. That's New York. I told you, I'd be in New York, dude. Bro, come up to me with a disc, like, "Yo, yo, B, check out my son, kid. My kid is. Uh, I'm like, okay, word up. Like, how old is he? Six. I'm like, bro, he might." He might not even play basketball at 10 years old. He might never play again. Yeah. Like, what? Like, like I, I never understood that, but I get it. This is what I want to know. Do you see anybody in today's game that kind of reminds you of you, the way you played and the way you went about your work? Um, I think there, yeah, there are people, but I, I always – one thing I don't like is when people always try to compare someone to someone. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's human nature, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but I think it's unfair at it's times. There's only one, one, everybody. Yeah, you know, I think it's be yourself. I mean, I, I like when I watch players. I, you know, I, I sit up here in the suite so yeah, I can yeah, see the whole field. Great, so I, I, I said that when I was looking so around. I, I said, this is like the best seat in the house. Type I see situation. everything that goes on. I see who's backing up plays. I see when you strike out. What you do in the dugout? Right, I right. see how you congratulating your teammates when they do the right thing. I see mm -hmm. all the little things. That's what I try to focus on. And and you know, there's a lot of players that focus on the little things. But I think one of the issues is in sports nowadays is they have all these showcases. You know, like you go to showcases and it's how hard you can throw, how far you mm -hmm. can hit it, how fast mm -hmm. can you run, and no mm -hmm. one teaches you how to win. You know, it's all about individual performance and then you've got to retrain them to think on how you have to win yeah. and that should be the number one priority and unfortunately i don't think that's always the case not for everyone tell me why you never liked all-star games and camps he never was that guy to like i would try i was and, always and, i would try to be like yo when you go here you gotta do your stuff and show everybody he didn't get into that. He was a more of a team shine. player, so yeah. he'd be like, "I'm not about to be out here wrestling with people for possessions and points." You know how sometimes yeah, guys get in yeah. camps and they want to shoot D miles and just be like, "Yeah, okay." Like I'm not about to like I'm gonna just play. We used to go to Nike camp and all that. You know, all these guys rank, and this is the place where they show where they can step up and rank and all this yeah. stuff. And I used to be like, "Hey, go ahead, do you." You know what I'm saying? Because it's just a camp. Because everybody trying to ball hog. Everybody want to shoot all the shots. But then I see them at AAU and I just demolish them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like if this is two different players. When all the yeah. top players is there, it's like everybody want to. It's like you you roughing over everybody. And yeah. I always wanted to be a a team type player, play the right way. And my thing is the personal accolades come when you win. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to be a star first. They want to be a star. I, I get tired of being asked the question, how do I build my brand? Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. Man, how you build your brand? Win. There you go. They will That's come. It. Win. Some of the dopest jerseys in the game. Now, you know, you always love the Yankees. You always love your Cardinal jerseys. But them Marlin jerseys with them new colors and stuff, you like, like them some of the dopest jerseys in the game. You got to yeah. come back out. Yeah, bro. I got a hat or two at the, at the crib because I'm a hat guy. But... Uh, how how do you feel about them them jerseys? Them but are you jerseys? gonna wear a Marlins jersey? I was just saying, give you finish. one with yeah, miles on it. Are you gonna rep it? Are you gonna be on McCarter's like? No, I, I, I told you I got Marlins hats already. I got a couple okay. of dope ones. That's already we'll dope. That's we'll why I know, I know I know I know their colors out. are different. They're sold out, but we'll get you some. We'll yeah, get some. yeah, There's but some more uh, coming in. 
but you like drop that you got some of the dope. It's sold out. We gonna get you one. You know what I'm saying? You got some of the dopest jerseys in the game, and and you know it's like a new vamp team. You know what I'm saying? You know when you get new colors, new jerseys and stuff. Uh, what do you think about the jerseys? The jersey, I, I like. We changed the logo a couple of years ago when we got yeah. it because we wanted a fresh start. You know, this is an uh, expansion team, 25 years yeah. old, 27 years old. But we want we look at it as an expansion team starting all, all over again because the expectation level now as an organization is completely different, right? Um, we got a long, long way to go, you know, a long way to go. But we're getting there. It takes time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, people have to learn. We talk about it. People have to learn how to win, mm-hmm. and that goes throughout the organization. But we're excited about what we have coming. Yeah, right. I can't get here soon enough. But straight up, beautiful stadium. Uh, we definitely appreciate being up here one more question if you and mike was in a golf game who would win see the the, the great thing about golf <laughs> is thing they call handicap uh-huh. so uh whoever gets close just, to the hole no, that's where you hear from the worse the worse you are the more strokes you get right? <laughs> so it evens uh-huh. things out i you know i just started playing golf when i retired okay and then i haven't played much in the last four years since we've been here plus i got two girls four and two and a half so i don't oh, have yeah. a lot of time to oh, go yeah. oh yeah they run stuff so he, they run playing his whole life <laughs> all right that's been a wrap with the great l capitan we finally back live on location from the marlin stadium his new home holding it down we appreciate you sliding through this is not only l capitan for the yankees but this is the boss of the boat at the players tribune so he created this platform that you all are witnessing us on and we appreciate it straight up thanks for having me We want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com.